0: everyone and welcome to Life Hacks for Working Moms, the podcast that helps you overcome the overwhelm, embrace the chaos, and cultivate a life you love. My name is Megan Strand and I am so excited to be here with you today and even more excited about my guest today. A couple of our previous episodes have touched on something really important, dare I say, essential to having your home run smoothly. And today we're going to dig into that topic and it's all about fostering independence. Primarily in your children, but, you know, okay, maybe with your spouse and even yourself sometimes. Today, it is my great honor to have literally my oldest and dearest friend on the show. and Her name is Kira Wright. And outside of being my personal lifeline to sanity, she's also a speech-language pathologist. She's a wife and she's a mom. Hey, Kira. Hi. What I want to talk about today, first of all, I was hoping that you could start out by just introducing, sharing with the listeners today, what your work life situation looks like because it's I think it's a, a little unique and I always like to showcase things that are maybe not your traditional nine to five job. So can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Mm-hmm. Unique and not simple. It always takes not me. simple. No, a couple minutes to if I really want to dig into it. So um, I am a speech and language pathologist and I um, spend about half my time working for a school district in far eastern Oregon. Um, And that means that I am on site there, uh, about uh, 300 miles from Portland, um, four days out of every month. Um, And so that has kind of created its own little rhythm in our family. Um, So I I travel once a month there. And when I'm here, I'm mostly working from home. Um, And I have a home office and um, spend a lot of time in my car.
0: So when you're out in rural Oregon, how many hours that week are you working? It's a lot, right? right. So
1: yeah, so that work that week, I might put in um, 50 to 60 hours. And so uh, it's a, it's a time job. So then the rest of the month when I'm here, um, it, it averages out to about 30 hours over three weeks. So, you know, even though it's a, it's a, halftime job. I spend a lot of time that one week that I'm on site and much less time um, the weeks that I'm here. And then I kind of compensate for that with um, some other projects that I have and um, some private clients on the side. And I'm part of the leadership team for my agency here. And so that, it, all, it all evens out to about full time. But I have a lot of flexibility in what I do and where I do it.
0: Excellent. Yeah, I think it's really cool. And I was like, I was like hearing things that are different. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Now. And the, I, oh, go I, ahead. I was just going to add that um, I, I typically don't stick to a, you know, nine to five or eight to four or whatever schedule because I have um, kids that need to be driven around. I've got one child that I drive downtown and and I like to exercise sometimes in the middle of the day or in the mornings and so I do a lot of shifting my work around totally. you know some yeah you know, it's very typical for me to be working at five in the morning or mm-hmm. at 10 at night yep um and I, I I'm always looking for ways to keep track of the work of the time that I actually spend on work and make sure that I'm that it all evens out in the end absolutely fix fits into the nooks and crannies too yeah yeah well, so the reason I wanted to, to have Kira
0: on the show today is because I have, for some reason, a strange great fortune of having lots of speech language pathologists in my <laughs> life, and I've actually been on two mission trips to different countries and watched some of these women. They're all, yeah, they've all been women that they've I've observed. <laughs> Not to be sexist, but they've been women um, really work with some kids that have some significant communication deficiencies, and it's occurred to me that there are a lot of really interesting things that speech language pathologists do that can be useful to just all of us in daily life because they're really talking about communication. And a lot of my conversations with Kira, just as a friend, have to do with fostering independence. So I'm going to ask you, Kira, put on your professional hat as well as your personal hat Mm -hmm. and talk a little bit about why you think fostering independence is so essential and well, let's start there. And then we'll, we'll dig into a couple of things that might be a little bit more specific.
1: Okay. Well, it all, I mean, it all seems much more clear with a professional hat on than, than a parent hat. Um, you know, as a professional, you, you don't have all the emotional attachments and all the, I don't know, chaos of your personal life. And you can see things very clearly and see that your, your goal is to work yourself out of a job. So, um, you know, in the, in the beginning when you're working with a client you're going to have to put give a lot of support and create a lot of systems but eventually you you want to teach them the skills that they can learn and give them strategies for deal for dealing with you know what they the challenges they might still have eventually so that they can do it on your own, because obviously they're not going to have a therapist their whole life.
0: Well, but if you think about it, as a parent, you're trying to work yourself out of a job too, and to a certain degree, right? Like at some point you hope that they live on their own independently, right?
1: Right, right. Which is why, yeah, which is why probably you see from a distance, oh, some of those things could be useful in, in our personal lives and our families. Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. Well, and let's talk about a couple of those things because I think these things are really, really useful. And some of this sort of borders onto uh, different realms. And I think that's okay because it just just is Is okay. It's all all, kind of works together. So, but one of the things I observed you guys doing, I think it was in Costa Rica, was doing visual picture systems for kids that were on the autism spectrum. And it was basically sort of setting a visual expectation of here's what we're going to do before mm-hmm. we you know, walk out the door today. And it was things like, we're going to brush our teeth and then we're going to put the toothbrush away and then we're going to wash our hands or whatever it was. Right. But it was all represented with pictures. So talk a little bit about how you've done something like that within your own family to use something that's visual in a way that's more effective. Then okay, maybe just well, saying to your kids like, "Okay, I need you to go do A B C D E F G H I J K before right, you leave the door." Right? Because we've all been there, right? Yeah. Where have, well, we do that every <laughs> day. Like and they never listen. like, "Oh,
1: I need you to do this and this and and the other," and um, you know, that inevitably leads to kind of a blow up of like, "Mom, you know, why do you keep yelling at me for these things?" <laughs> right? And and a lot of times it's the same things every day, right? It should not be the same things every day. This Um, It's
0: a surprise to my 12 year old every morning that she has to brush her hair and I don't understand why. (laughs) Maybe I need a visual system.
1: Right, right. So, um, I I mean, I think there's a lot of um, evidence across many fields that checklists are a way to, um, you know, make sure that things get done. Um and that a lot of times when when there's other demands or, or there's distractions or there's um you know just things that come up those regular things that you should do every day that you have done every day sometimes get forgotten you know and that's why you end up at work without your cell phone or <laughs> um on the road you know at the grocery store without your wallet or Bra whatever on. <laughs> <laughs> for example um because it's not it's not that that you didn't know that you needed to bring your wallet. You bring your wallet every everywhere you go, but when there's other distractions, that's one of the things that gets forgotten. Um, and so I think with, with younger kids, it seems obvious um, or more obvious that you would use pictures for a kind of picture schedule or a picture checklist. Um, you know, my kids, when they were little, we had the bedtime routine, which was very simple. I mean, it's like, put on your pajamas, brush your teeth, um, pick out a story. <clears throat> um, but... Uh, allowing them to have that visual checklist and go back and see, you know, instead of me saying, "Go brush your teeth, brush your teeth, brush your teeth now, go get your toothbrush, brush your teeth," it was, "Go check your schedule, go see what's next, right?" And that puts some of the responsibility on them. Oh, I do. I can figure out what's next. I yeah. can keep track of these things myself. Um, now,
0: do they in your house, like when they were younger, mm-hmm. or even now, if you have like a visual system? First of all, are you just drawing little picture? Like, so yeah I videos. mean that's what I was
1: doing because yeah I mean there was like, you guys different.
0: like professionally have really neat picture tools and so you can you're not doing
1: look for clip yeah. art or whatever yeah. I mean I I like involving the kids in making their own list oh, that's so sometimes a good idea. that meant that's I mean it gives them a little bit of ownership like just you decide what order you're gonna do these things in you know um, or you decide you know, do you want to draw just a toothbrush? Do you want to include toothpaste on that? Is it important to you know give yourself a reminder that you have to put toothpaste on the toothbrush? No, okay, that's not that important. Okay, then, well, let's just draw a toothbrush with a toothbrush with toothpaste. But you could easily, um, you know, use Google and look for clip art or, um, or you know, take pictures of stuff and print out your own pictures and and use it on there. Um, but I guess what I was going to say is that for, for kids like before they're reading, it seems more obvious to use pictures. Um, but I find that even now that both my kids read, um, even then pictures, um, they're a little bit more accessible, especially, um, you know, if there's emotion involved in the moment or there's never, I know, (laughs) or when there's, um, you know, or when just things are a little bit more chaotic, um, or just when, um, house or the wall or the board is a little bit cluttered. You know, a picture might stand out a little bit more. So, and and where are you putting these things? About, where are you like where? Well, if you had okay, a checklist, so we do we have a whiteboard. So a lot of times things go on the whiteboard in the kitchen. Um, the bedtime lists or, or the morning lists, you know, those I let them find a place to put them in their room. You know, my daughter likes to put it right by her door or hang it on her bed. I mean, I will say, I think it works well to switch it up, too, because I don't know about oh. your house, but my house, like if something is in one place for very long, you it's can just a, invisible. It. Yeah, yeah you just step right over it. It's not there anymore. Um, and so sometimes it works to switch it up. I mean, I've certainly tried things for myself to like make sure that I leave with everything I need. But inevitably, if something's by the door for too long, you know, my checklist for what I need to leave the house, I don't even see it anymore. So. I feel like you got to keep switching it up.
0: Well, and that's sort of that out of sight, out of mind tenant. But literally, if you keep something in the same place for too long, it becomes out of sight.
1: Yeah. And that's also why I like the the whiteboard because um, nothing stays there. For very long. Well, we, you know, we might make a list on the whiteboard. might include pictures. It might include, you know, some visuals, but then it gets erased and you have to make the list again. So you're got, like, constantly rethinking your list. Of, okay.
0: Well, and I definitely want to talk about the whiteboard. So okay, let's talk well, about the whiteboard. So give us just kind of what's the whiteboard and when did you start using it and why did you start using it?
1: Okay. So, um, let's see, we, um, we went to some trainings with fabulous expert in um, executive function, Mary D. Sklar, who I think she would be a great guest on your podcast. She would be a great guest. <laughs> She's really good. And she <laughs> taught us a lot. And one of the, she, she probably taught us a lot like th- that we'll be able to use over many, many years. But um, I feel like we're just kind of pulling strands one at a time. So the whiteboard was one thing that we implemented. This was This was probably three or four years ago. Um, and she, she kind of said, you got to have a whiteboard, you got to have a whiteboard, you got to be able to make lists, um, and people have to be responsible for their own list. And so, um, we had a whiteboard in another part of our house that had become kind of one with the wall and wasn't getting used. (laughs) I have one of those. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, it seems like a good idea when you first put it up, but, um, moving it into the kitchen, uh, really changed the way we used it because now it was kind of accessible to everyone. Um kids love whiteboards. Like what kid doesn't like using a dry erase marker? Totally. Um and so we started and probably what we've been most consistent about is using it for our weekend list. Um and so on Friday afternoon coming home um and the kind of thing like even if Friday afternoon you want to just relax and not think about all the demands that are that you're going to have on your weekend um just to make a list of what those are so that everybody's aware and and really honestly it goes for Um, for me and Peter too, the adults in the house, because if, if I know in my mind, oh, you know, I have like this big project and I've got, I really want to carve out some time to catch up on the work I didn't do this weekend. And I need to do all the yard work and, you know, all those things. If, if the rest of my family doesn't know that they might be counting on me for other things.
0: Right. So, Um, so what you do is, okay, first of all, this this seems like a silly question, but we, we've tried the whiteboard and it did not stick in my household. And I think the reason it didn't stick is because it was like, we'd prop it up on a chair.
1: Yeah. So we actually have ours hammered into the wall. Okay.
0: That's what I was going to ask. Okay. So yeah. you have the hammered into the wall. So on what, like Friday night of, over was, pizza, you guys sit down and yeah, it's usually make like while list? we're
1: making dinner, um, we, uh, you know, just everybody needs to make their list and it's not, I mean, it, it's probably something that's going to get refined and, adjusted over maybe the course of the evening or maybe even during the weekend I mean I'm always thinking of like oh yeah and this oh and this um but everybody makes a list um and so for my middle schooler that means taking out her planner and looking at like you know make sure you get everything from your planner onto your list so that there's none of those Sunday night oh
0: freak out about
1: that um and uh and you know for my third grader, it's remembering things like, oh, "I need to practice the ukulele," and you know, okay, how many times do you want to do that? You know, and so you can put, you know, check boxes. So sometimes, you know, they add things like, "Oh, I want to," um, you know, "I want to read." Okay, how many hours do you want to read this weekend? I don't, I don't care, but you know, sometimes my middle schooler puts, you know, five check boxes. I want to read for five <laughs> hours. This okay. So a check box equals an hour. Well, sometimes, uh, usually a checkbox equals just like a session, like a time of, of so like practice ukulele, maybe he'll put down two checkboxes because he knows he needs to do it both days or something like that. Okay. Um, But then, and not so much for my third grader, he's not, I mean, he kind of gets it, but my middle schooler definitely estimates how much time she thinks it's going to take her. And that's mostly for the work, you know? Oh, I've got a... um, You know, I've got to take notes for my humanities topic. Okay, how much time do you think you're going to spend on that? Well, you know, I've done most of it already. I think maybe a half hour. So she draws a little circle and colors in half of it to be a half hour. Um, you know, sometimes she might break that up and say, well, I want to do, um, you know, I've got, I've got this poster that I have to put together. It's going to take me a long time. It's maybe going to take an hour and a half, but I don't want to do that an hour and a half altogether. I want to do it in three half hour chunks. So right. she'll draw like three little colored in half circles. Right. It kind of helps. I mean, it helps me know what, you know, what, what totally, is she going to be doing at. this
0: all weekend long or is it going right.
1: to be? Or can we kind of fit incidents. it into little chunks? And for me, it's, it's been good too. A lot of weekends I have like... <laughs> Grocery shopping, uh, five meal, hours. Exactly. Meal plan, Grocery shopping, or I used to put just put groceries. Well, now I've gotten better, and I put like <laughs> meal plan. That's like I don't know a half hour. Then um, make grocery list. That's probably another half hour. <laughs> um, grocery shopping. That's probably two hours. That's
0: oh, so true. That's
1: so easy to underestimate. So when I say
0: five hours, I'm not actually kidding. You're
1: not kidding. No. Well, I don't know about put, you. Put I've-
0: away groceries when you get home. I mean, literally, yeah. that stuff yeah. can take forever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Yes. So everybody has their lists and um, there's lots of kind of estimating. Um, And then can I go on to the next step now?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. so if if it seems like it's pretty straightforward, kind of. Kind of depends. We might from there say, all right, well, um, why don't you put stars or S's or, or dots next to the ones that you want to do on Saturday and then, you know, choose which ones you want to do on Sunday. That, that might be the extent of our scheduling if, right. if we have a lot of time and I feel like, you know, things are good. If it's, if it's a weekend where we have a lot of things scheduled or, where, or if I feel like... Um, I can already tell that there's resistance to the things that have to get done. And I can tell, oh, this, <laughs> this is going to maybe that take never a happens. little bit more. No. Then we might get out our, um, our schedule. Uh, and like actually map it out. And actually map it out. Yeah. And we have like a, a daily schedule that we can print out that has like hours of the day. Um, and it's, I mean, it's really... I think, eye-opening to see, well, okay, so you want to go to Kung Fu on Saturday morning. Well, you know, there's – got to eat breakfast before that. Then there's some drive time to get there. Then you're there for an hour. Then you come back. There's drive time and snack. Well, there's like all of Saturday morning. Totally. Um, So – and if you if you're saying you want to get these you know three things done on Saturday, where are you going to do them? If you also have this other plan for Saturday afternoon and you have this thing that you want to do Saturday night and really let's not plan any work for after seven p m or something like that, then you know you might actually have to work to get that get that in and the benefit then of having you know kind of a rough schedule for all of these things that you want to get done is if If you get to Saturday evening and you look back and you realize, oh, I didn't do that. Or wow, I worked for a half hour, but I didn't finish it. Then you got to find another place (laughs) for it, you know, so you can look at the next day and try to try to fit it in instead of instead of just panicking. Well,
0: and so I'm just going to throw a little devil's advocate piece in here because my husband would say, you're totally scheduling the entire weekend. It's so uncomfortable and I don't like that. We should just be spontaneous. What do you and, say to that?
1: Okay, so I would. Say, what do you
0: say to my husband?
1: Schedule some time for spontaneity.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I, well, I don't know. For personally, being spontaneous is a lot more fun if I know if I know that I have that I can get what has to be done done. Right. And and I guess the risk, and may, maybe this is an issue for your husband. I don't know. The risk of. Just wanting to be spontaneous is kind of turning a blind eye to that stuff that you have to yeah. get done, and just deciding, you know what, I'm not going to think about it. I'm just not going to do it, there, and it's not there, and they'll be stressed yeah, I'm just out on Sunday. It's not there because it—that it makes me stressed to think about it. And I guess what I want to teach my kids, and what I have to remind myself to do, and my husband is, like, let's find a spot for it. And if I if I've already carved out a spot, and I know that Sunday at four o'clock, I'm gonna, I have an hour set aside to finish this then I don't have to think about it. I can I can go be spontaneous and do whatever I want right now because I know it's taken care of.
0: How much of the original plan stays as it is? You know oh. what I mean? Like how much are you like, oh, oops, we didn't get to that. Or, oh, oops, that actually took three squares instead of two A squares. Lot. And so are they constantly, like, are
1: your kids going back to the whiteboard throughout the weekend? Or, I mean, how does... Definitely back to the whiteboard. Probably, we're not probably as great about going back to the schedule and rejiggering it and and like finding a new place for this um i mean that's the theory and that's what i'd like to say happens but um it's probably not that perfect but but i don't know even if you have one one spot that's scheduled for it at least you at least you tried um and and then you might you know i might say okay i'm gonna do it tomorrow um but but definitely uh, we are crossing things off the whiteboard and you know kind of some people, some people of like to Yeah, that's like a sense of accomplishment. Check it off and leave all their finished things up there. Yeah. Um. But then you know by the end of the weekend and inevitably I'm the person who has the most unfinished things <laughs> at the end of the weekend because mine are a lot of mine are like food prep. So I'm like ah oh, I didn't I didn't do that. I'll have to do that tomorrow night or something like that. But but you know, we can see what's been, what's been done. And it is, it's a, it's a great sense of accomplishment. Like, and look do, you, at all we did. do you put fun
0: stuff on there too? Like if somebody really, yes. I want to watch a movie, I want to go ice skating yes. or whatever.
1: Yes. And, and some of the things that get put on there, I mean, you know, like my list, um, some of the things that get put on there are like kind of dreamy things, you know, mm, um, I want to read a book. Yeah. I want to read a book. Oh, I want to, <laughs> I want to play outside for five hours. I want to, you know, I want to play basketball, six times this weekend or something. I mean, yeah, well, uh, that's why those things might get scheduled in, but they might be kind of extras too. Right. For that spontaneous time.
0: Right, 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 right. Well, and that's when we started using it and I'm clearly not an expert because we stopped using it, but now this conversation makes me want to start again. I remember thinking like, I want to make sure we have those fun things on there so that, because what was happening in my family was that it Especially like my younger one. Doom. No, she no, she was just sad because she felt like she couldn't do anything fun. It was all chores. I have to do my chores, and I have to do uh, you know. And it, it was like, no, you got to put the fun stuff you want to do there too. But then we can kind of see how it's all going to fit together. So, well, and
1: that honestly, that's a really that's kind of a common refrain at at our house is like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do it, I don't want to. do it. Okay, you don't have to do anything right now, but you have to tell me what your plan is. You have to be able to tell me, like, when, when's your plan to do this? Then I'm going to be totally comfortable with you doing whatever it is you want to do right now, laying down with a book, going outside and playing, you know, uh, watching a movie, whatever you're, you're doing. I'm going to be fine with that as long as I know when, when you have scheduled to work on this. And so because what, then I don't have to nag and like, you know, well, what about this? What about this? Because I'm, that's, that's, I'm notorious for that. Like breaking into fun time and saying, well, what about your, <laughs> what about your <laughs> <lately>? <laughs> You're such a nag. Uh, yeah. Well, but what, I won't, but I don't have to do that if I know that there's a time scheduled for that and I can well, count on them following it.
0: Right. And I think that's the big benefit. So what have you observed through your own children? You've done this for a couple of years now. So two questions. Yeah. What have you observed in your own children just through this process? And then... Well, yeah, let's answer that one first, then I'll come back to the other one.
1: Okay. Well, I, I mean, you know, you always, you set your sights really high, and then you kind of settle into maybe what's a little bit more realistic. Totally. Um. So there was a time when we kind of felt like we had to do this for every day um, and every afternoon. But, um, you know, as it turns out, your days become kind of routine. You have, like, your Wednesday afternoon often looks the same. And so... um. Maybe, maybe that's it—that it just became a routine. We didn't have to do it, or maybe it was just too much, a little overwhelming. But we've we've kind of settled on doing the, the weekends, and people. Um you know, I think, I think it's a good skill to be able to make a list of what you have to do. Totally. Um, and I love that both my kids can easily make a list and they might forget things they might need some, you know, somebody to look over it. Oh, but what about your math or something? But, um, but they're both very comfortable with making a list of what they have to do for the weekend.
0: And what about the time estimation piece? Do you feel like they're Mm -hmm. getting that? I feel like that's a hard skill. I don't feel like I have that skill down. No,
1: I'm very, very poor at that. (laughs) Um, That'll
0: take me ten minutes. Two hours yeah, later, oh, I,
1: I can do all twenty of these things today. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So that's something I think. But I think there's something about learning that you're not very good at it. You know, imagining that this will take a half hour and then finding that you've been working at it an hour. Um, I just think that's nice awareness. Absolutely. <laughs> that sometimes things take longer than you think they will. And also, you know, the other the other piece of that is like just because you're sitting in front of it for a half hour, um, doesn't mean that it's done. Like it doesn't matter if you scheduled the half hour and you sat with it for the half hour. If it's not done at the end of the half hour, you still have to find other time to work on it. Right. I mean, and I have to deal with that every day with my work.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So if somebody were going to try the whiteboard system and the time estimating system, cause you do really do have a couple of systems sort of,
1: I guess that are there sort of multiple of systems layered
0: there? in, but it's, it's all good. So what would your pieces of advice be knowing, you know, you've done this, like I said, Mm -hmm. for a couple of years, what would your starting points be?
1: I guess, I mean, mostly I'd say just be easy on yourself and like feel good for making the list and, um, you know, kind of step back from, did it all get done or didn't it didn't get done? I I mean, I guess that's part of separating process from product or something like that, 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 I mean, of, of course you want to get, stuff done that's why you made the list but the um the skill that the kids are learning if we go back to fostering independence the skill that they're learning is is kind of being responsible for their own responsibilities making a list and checking things off um and so if you keep that in the back of your mind as like what you're teaching and and s- separate that from um you know did it all get done i i, I think that's that's the thing to focus piece. on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and it sounds like you have a spouse that is totally on board with this and yeah, works I with think this it, as well but, but uh,
1: that is that is another thing though i think it works a lot better bec- that we're all using it yeah. um rather than making it just a your whiteboard here's whiteboard well or just the kids like like this is my place to give you assignments and tell you what work you have to get done totally do oh that's it? ugly you know, yeah we, yeah nobody likes that <laughs> i wouldn't like that either if i mean i guess that's like having a honey, do honey do do list, list or yeah. something yeah here's all the things i want you to get done i'd but like to make
0: one just, but i would not like to be given one
1: right but if we can all admit that we have lots of things to do. And some of them are really fun. And, you know, and it's really fun to be able to put something on, on all of our lists, right? Oh, we all want to go do this together. Let's add it all. I don't know, but I I do think that's a piece of of success is, is like having everybody involved in it.
0: Absolutely. I totally agree. It doesn't mean that you couldn't do it if it was just you and your kids, but it just, I think it would be a lot easier, especially in a family like yours where you guys have, you know, you're, you're both working from home and trying to fit work in, in different nooks and crannies. So, you know, I would imagine that there's a little bit more of the schedule wrangling that has to go on. Um, and you know, Peter's working on the weekend sometimes too. So it's, yeah those little pieces that have to get fit in and scheduled. Awesome. Well, this is so fabulous. Can you believe we've come to the end of our time already? We've actually oh even gone over. I told you, I knew it was going to no. go by so fast. Uh, I didn't have ask to
1: talk you. about homework some other time.
0: Oh yeah. I- well, let's talk That's about it. that quickly.
1: Okay. So, talk about
0: homework because okay. homework
1: is new for me because okay. i've
0: got montessori kids so this is like my first yeah. year of doing homework and it's it's a little stressful
1: so i guess i mean maybe it's not that big of a topic because it really fits into what kind of what we were talking about um i guess the, uh, the just the one little note that i'd made to myself about um using f- homework to foster in- foster independence um was uh was the piece and and maybe it's kind of what I already was talking about separating that process from product like mm. sometimes with homework I feel like the process that I want to teach with homework is letting kids take responsibility for their work and then like the piece that's added because it's homework is like that problem solving piece what do you do when you don't know what to do i am not going to do your homework for you um and i've maybe been lucky that my kids for many years had homework (laughs) in Chinese and I could not do their homework for them, but it made it very clear that the, that, they needed, I I could do a lot of things, right? Just like the whiteboard and the getting stuff done for the weekend. I could give them the structure. I could help them make the schedule. I could teach them how to estimate their time. I could give them all the materials they needed to cross things off their list. Um, And so similarly with homework, I can make sure they have a space. I can make sure that they're well fed and rested and alert and ready to work. I can make sure they have you know whatever office supplies they need to do their homework. Um, But then they need to do it. And if if it doesn't get done or if they don't know how to get it done, then I can help walk them through the process. You know, okay, is there anybody you can call? You know, what part of it is it that you don't understand? When could you ask your teacher about that? Um, let's practice. Let's pretend I'm your teacher. What are you going to ask me? Which is great when they're asking in Chinese. Because um, I, I just, oh, that was good. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> right? No, really, what are you going to say? <laughs> okay, and how is she going to answer you? How are you going to know when you have your question answered?
0: So... I love um, that. And uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting having that Chinese language barrier because then you're able to see clear. it. Well, yeah, you're able to see it more clearly. Cause I think the inclination and tell me you haven't seen parents who have clearly done their ch- kids projects because they're beautiful. Yeah. yeah, And you're thinking that's not a third grade project. That is a adult <laughs> Martha Stewart project or something <laughs> close to it. Yeah. No, I think it's actually, it's, it's actually really, really interesting. And that's something that, and as
1: we've kind of moved into English homework with my middle schooler, I, it's, but it's, it's easier for harder. but it's harder. Oh, because you because, know, you
0: could teach yeah, them.
1: I look at it and I'm like, Oh, I could, I would be a rockin' middle schooler. Cause I could do that. Um, <laughs> you and, would be a rockin' middle schooler. <laughs> right. Um, but, but it's easier to see that line of, um, you know, this is your work. Uh, and, uh, you know, I can help you figure things out, or I could help you kind of clear up the questions that you're going to ask, and I could even help you maybe figure out where to look to find the answers to those questions. But um, but it's, but it's not work.
0: it's not teaching,
1: right? Right. I think you were and, the you one, know, who- and inevitably that leads to like all the. Ugh, that's not how my teacher told me to do it. Or that's totally. not how we're learning Because who or... does math
0: like they teach kids to do math these right? days? Even though
1: I'm like, but it's right. I know this is how you do it. This is like, <laughs> <the answers. laughs> that doesn't ever fly. It's <laughs> a much better solution to say, look how you figured that on your own, or look how you've left it undone. And now your teacher's going to know that you don't understand it. That's the important part. Yeah. Teacher does not need to know that I understand it.
0: Yeah. That's the lecture I got at the beginning of this year, because as I said, my 12 year old is just now starting to do homework and the teacher said, I was going I was Concerned about her writing, and she said, "Don't edit it for her because then I don't know what she <laughs> right. can't do." And I was right. like, "Oh, then duh." You see the,
1: the work in class, and she's like, "Hmm, this doesn't stand up at all to what she's bringing home from home."
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's all. I think part of fostering independence is having the parents realize that that's part of the process, versus always wanting to jump in and solve and provide and well, give. Versus yeah, again, that focus on back. the
1: process and less on the product.
0: Is that a speech language pathology thing, Kira? I don't
1: know. I don't know. That's my that's been my personal <laughs> mantra over the last couple of weeks. Like you know, I have to let well, go. It's, of it's the not product.
0: well, yeah. Because it's it, you're looking for perfection and you're looking for something that's right and complete, and sometimes it's just not going to be, and it's going to have to be okay. Because I mean, if
1: to get that, I have to completely just ditch the process, and it and and, and it might end up being just really hard and ugly and full of conflict and frustration. And like, what's that teaching them? Exactly. Yes, we got the perfect product out of it.
0: And we're ready to kill each other.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: No, absolutely not. Well, I love it. This has all been fantastic, Kira. Thank you thank you so much. If people would like to get in contact with you, is there a good way for them to do that? I know you're
1: kind of, sure. you know, you're I sort a, of stealthy. I have a website. Oh, that's um, great! Right. You have a fabulous website. Yeah, we can use that. Let's do that. KiraWright.com. KiraWright.com.
0: We'll include that in the show notes. And you can find Life Hacks at LH4WM.com. That's LH4WM.com. And thanks so much for joining us. Please subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or find us on Stitcher. And as always, we'd love your comments and feedback. And thanks so much for joining us for this episode. We'll see you next time.